The Polar Talks 2015 are brought to you in association with SAS Scandinavian Airlines. So, we have now discussed issues that provokes and speaks to your heart, not the least. Now, the next talk is about music's relationship to the brain. Why do we perceive certain music as beautiful and other music as noise? Well, the answer is soon to be presented. Please welcome Professor of Integrative Medicine, Martin Ingvar, and composer Karin Bartosz Edström. Uh, this whole thing started with the, the question why people are so united when it comes to music. And one of the reasons is because you have the collective emotional experience that this is beautiful, this is something we can do together. And then you immediately come back, what is beauty? From a neurophysiological point of view, it's all about math. It's about harmonies, it's about time series, it's about predictability, it's about me understanding what's coming next. Because that we know very nicely is harmonizing with our reward system. If I think that I can understand what's coming next, then sort of that is good. But then you, come, you go all the way over to trivial music, where everybody knows what's going to happen, then it's not so much fun anymore. So the question, the question then is, how complicated can music be and still be beautiful? Well, that's a great question, I think. And... Uh, but I mean, what is beauty? We have to know what is beauty. And uh, of course, it's different things for different persons. And I would like to start by quoting uh, poets. It's always nice to quote poets because you look so smart. Uh, well, anyway, here it goes. It's by John Keats, and he wrote it 200 years ago. And I, th I think it's still valid. Beauty is truth. Truth, beauty. That is all you know on earth and all you need to know. So I think that sums it up. I think we're ready. We can go home now. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, because this is it, brains and beauty and truth. What is truth? Can we talk about beauty? Can we, um, how can we measure beauty? Because science is about measuring, and, um, and that's also the difference between you and me, because you have to keep to truth, whereas I can lie, I would say, <laughs> or at least keep to the untruth, because I don't have to prove anything. So um, it's about the measuring, and, and I'm sure you, you have, we have many similarities too, and, and maybe you at your department at uh, Karolinsk Institute, that you must have some, when you're, you're doing your research on beauty, maybe you have a Neurovision song contest, where the best <laughs> brain imaging gets the prize for the <coughs> most beautiful contribution. Well, I mean, the, uh, one of the first sort of pioneering studies in, in all this about musical structure and understanding was done now, it's some 20 years ago in, uh, in L.A., where they demonstrated that unschooled people 
only used sort of the old, old parts of the brain, whereas sort of schooled people, they, they also used the new, uh, new areas of the brain, inc including the frontal lobe, indicating that they sort of have, they, while listening to music, they sort of build a concept, a mental concept of, uh, uh, of the structure and the expectations. Mm. And that, that was a true, uh, I would say, revelation when it comes to the understanding of how we subjectively appreciate music. Mm. In that, uh, that um, uh, when, you, when they went more and more complicated with the music, uh, there was more and more difference between the unschooled people, that's my side of the table, and the schooled people on the other side of the table. Yeah, of course, that is also so, because you have to have experience to, to understand certain music. But also, I think, at one point, because I, we talked about this earlier, too, and, and I think we're quite... Um, we have the same opinion in, in, in one thing. It, it is that either you have it or either you don't when you write music. It can be very complex, but the most complex music doesn't have to be the best. I mean, you, you can find brilliance in, in all the genres. It can be pop music, of course, and, and, and jazz or folk music, or classical music, which is very complicated and very complex. And when it comes to contemporary music, of course, you need also some instruments to, to understand what you're going to look for. What is it you're lo listening after? Because, and, and this brings us also to... to um, the point where we are now, in 2015, um, I can say that contemporary music has been struggling from after the Second World War, when we were, um, uh, I mean, the, the music life was quite contaminated by the propaganda music of, of the Nazi regime, where they used Bach and Mozart and, of course, Wagner and Liszt, um, to promote their ideas, and um, th that way, beauty, the beauty of this music was contaminated by ugly feelings, the ugliness in it all. And what happened there, after, after the Second World War, was a very strong reaction to this from um, all the composers around, and, and of course in Germany too. There, there was a center which is now not so, so strong anymore, but it was in, in, the, in the 50s and 60s and also 70s, uh, Darmstadt, where composers from all over the world gathered to, to um, create the new music, the post-war music. And um, it was favored some kind of st uh, strict serialism where emotions were not uh, intended, or, or you shouldn't look for emotions. We, di we didn't want emotions at that time. Uh, instead, it was the mathematical point of view of, of the creativity and the serial uh, music that, that was in, in, in the center, which also, of course, then the beauty disappeared and it became very much out of fashion, which is a pity, of course, because why do we have music? We need, we need the beauty in music. And without the beauty in music, it, it, it all gets very boring. So I think a lot of the problem with the contemporary music since then has been that you you think that you, you must be void of feelings and of beauty in order to be intellectual. But we all know that, from, I mean, from medieval times to now, in the medievals we thought the brain was here, uh, the, the heart was here in your chest, but now we know the heart is in your brain, actually. So feelings and, and intellectual uh, validation, everything is in your brain. But why are feelings and beauty so banished? 
Well, they are, I mean, of course they're elusive because, I mean, and that's where science is short. Science is not short in understanding. Science is short in concepts mm. for the, the, the subjective component. But how, how is it that we had adult people with good education that actually composed music of like, you know, like a penguin in anguish? No, but uh, I mean, where where you where you obviously sort of leave any type of harmony. Mm, yes. And uh, and and just sort of, I mean, it's 15 minutes of challenge. How much can you take? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't write that kind of music, but but of course, it's it also about what is it you want to show. If you want to show off, if you want to show something, you want to to prove for your colleagues. Of course, this is the standard um, answer, and um, I, I don't think we should be that shallow either, because what is beauty? We come back to this question, what is beauty? Maybe you can see beauty. You can, of course, see beauty in a, in a mathematical process or, or in science. In where oh, I see it when I get a lot of encephalins in my well, brain. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, anyway, so there is a beauty also to, to the structure, maybe, in music, but... Um, I think we should maybe listen to some music here because I, um, if we go down to the very, you know, the bricks of music, what does music consist of? And there we have two parameters, I could say, one horizontal and one vertical, and it's, uh, the horizontal is time or rhythm, mm. whereas um, the, horizontal, um, the vertical is harmony. So harmony and time. So that's how we go down to the very basis of it. And I think we're going to listen to now a piece by Karl-Heinz Stockhausen from uh, a piece called uh, Stimmung, which is a, a brilliant piece written in, in 68 uh, when, when he was in, in New York, I think, in, uh, somewhere in the States anyway, and, and tried to write very complicated, very complex music. Uh, he used a lot of mathematical series. And, and anyway, his children, they were running about and, and he didn't have a one, one piece of calm to, to sit down and, and work. So, so he started, he, he closed himself in a, in, a, in, a, in a room, his small little chamber, and started to hum. He was humming on a B-flat chord. That was all, I mean, B-flat, B B-flat 7. It's, it's very non-Darmstadt, I would say. Um, but anyway, that's what he did. And out came this fabulous piece, Stimmung, which we are now listening to one minute and a half, and it's, it's all two minutes, actually, uh, two hours long, two hours long, so you can just imagine, if you can have maybe an image of, of um, the score, I can tell you about, here it is. If you've just, wait, wait a minute with the music, I'm just going to explain. Yeah, thank you. As you can see, it's all very clear. <laughs> First you have the note values up there, and then you have some vowels. So what he's doing, he's working with the, with the cavity of your mouth, the placement of the vowels in, in, in your mouth, and, and you have the phonetic there as to how you're going to sing it. It's for six singers and a microphone. Um, well, they have a microphone each. <laughs> anyway, so these are the different parts that they're going to sing. And at the end here, you can see some more, I guess he found some nice, mushrooms in the garden. I don't know what. <laughs> Something happened at the end. It's more free. <laughs> so anyway, but listen to this. There is uh, an apparent simplicity of it, but really it's not simple music. It's very complex music. And it's also another thing. He keeps to his idea with this B flat 
harmony throughout in two hours uh, with small variation. I think it's fascinating. So let's listen to it now. Thank you. I'm struggling. <laughs> You're struggling? <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't say it here because this is a former laureate, so if you want to be invited again, you should. You know. uh. I know. <laughs> Behaving myself, that's not my strong side. I know. <laughs> no, but what's interesting here is that you have this, this brick, this building stones of mm. music. And um, also, what I wanted to ask you here is that what you, what you feel, you feel in your body, these are, are things that you can explain physically how the overtones, the overtone series, the partial tones of a, a fundamental tone here, and how it works. And also, I guess, as a hum human being, when you, when you hear that, you hear a chord, you have a harmony that you can relate to, which also can be physically explained. Is that a way to approaching how we can explain beauty? Is this beauty when, when you have... Okay, you didn't feel the beauty in it. But anyway, it, it is more or less what I'm aiming to, that the body shall feel something, the harmony of the sphere or something. Well, I mean, uh, to, to me, this one is... Uh, of course, there, is, there, are, there are certain elements that evoke what I would, I would say is sort of a subjective sense of beauty. But uh, there is also some... You g get restless for the, with the little training of music that I have. I feel like I'm in the waiting room for something yes. uh, in this, and that is that the timing structure is something that I cannot relate to. You know, no. it, things just go on. There's no beginning, no end. But that's so. the thing. It's also that that you keep to this idea for two hours. I think that's that's brilliant, and it also it. I mean, he, you would think you get bored, or maybe you can get bored, but if you're prepared, and if you know what you're going to listen to after, because here you can listen, and you can search for beauty in, in this overtone series, and listening to that, because that is the aim of the beauty in the piece. And when it was written, I'm a, this was very daring to, to, to write a piece like this in the 60s, where most people uh, wrote very uh, strange music with no feelings or no harmony at all. But um, what I also want to, would like to, to, to ask you is, do we look for beauty 
even when there is no beauty, because we want some symmetry, we want a peace of mind uh, that is, um, you know, the calmness of, of, of coming home to beauty. We look for it everywhere, even if we think we can be very minimalist or very, you know... Um well, I mean, from, uh, from the uh, reward system in our brain mm. point of view, yes. I mean, there is a... Uh, the, the hard currency of uh, our reward system is the idea that I do understand what's going to happen. Mm. Because that's that sort of it always that comes back to the mathematics of survival, mm. and and that one has been uh, has been churned and and worked on for years and generations and millions of years. So so that part, the idea of okay, I think I get this now. I know what's going to happen. That part is distinctly that gives a lot of reward money yes. Uh, yes. in the brain, and that's that's sort of uh, part of the reason to why sort of most. Uh, most studies on music and beauty, they come back to the fact that you actually remove stress, uh, uh, etc. But then you come to the other side of the reward system, namely boring. Yeah. It's so predictive that it's actually no computation necessary whatsoever in the rewards. Mm. You know the way it is. Mm. I, mean, I mean, like going Just to the Eurovision. You stop listening. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, mm. so you sort of you stop listening. Like... Uh, Elevator music. Elevator music, right, right. Well, well, I wouldn't. <laughs> contemporary music <laughs> could be <laughs> equal to to elevator mu music, but uh, of course, it's it's a matter of training. But it's also, I think, there is an explanation why the contemporary music has sounded like it has for for a long time. We're going to listen to 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 another piece where. Uh, because I, I don't want to leave this about the harmony and the um, harmonic system and how we react to it. I'm going to listen to another laureate, it's Björk. And uh, the piece is called Army of Me. We're just going to listen to a short part of it. But here you can feel, in, um, compared to the other piece by Stockhausen that we just heard, here you have a C minor harmony which contrasts with the C sharp minor harmony, which is the tone that is closest to another tone is at the same time harmonically the, m the farthest, the most far away. We have half a minute, we're told here. Half a minute? Mm -hmm. ah, let's speed it up then. We're, we're <laughs> going to steal one minute, so get put on Björk. <laughs> have a time structure that anybody can follow. I mean, you have to be dead in order <laughs> not to follow it. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then you've got the tonal, tonal structure that is uh, sort mm. of difficult, would be difficult to stomach mm. without the mm. help of the, uh, of the rhythmical structure. Of course. So, th this, is, uh, so this one is easier, to, uh, to, easier. To, get, to get access to. And of course, rhythms have, has the inherent mm. idea of a time series that really lands you well. Could be. Um, one thing that I think is very important when we're talking about quality, beauty, very the good music, what is good music, just in short here. And I think it's, well, either you have it or either you don't. You must have a brilliant idea. And maybe when we listen to Björk here, it sounds all natural. And of course, the, the, the song writes itself. It's the same with Mozart or anything. But be the one who thinks it, who has the idea and then develops it. That's it. That's uh, the challenge. 
that's the challenge, and that's the human touch to it. Thank, Thank you. Karin and Martin. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Polar Talks 2015, which are brought to you in association with SAS Scandinavian Airlines. For more from this year's Polar Music Prize, visit polarmusicprize.org.